Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. In this episode, I speak with Freedom Rain from the Stereo app. We discuss the history of the Black Panther Party in celebration of Black History Month. I hope you enjoy the podcast. It's a five-part series, so please do check out all the different parts. And if you dig what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please share with friends and on social media. Peace out. It's a it's a form of slavery that's never never ended, right? So you go to jail, you're making license plates, you're making uh, Levi's, you're making Old mm-hmm. Spice deodorant, you're making Nikes. Yeah. Hey, geez, Nikes. Nikes has a very low production look. Where do you hire your your um your employees from? Uh, either sweatshops in China, really poor kids, or prisons. Jesus, man, yeah. that's how low right? you want to pay. Is you only hire children and prisoners holy yeah. shit you know if indy if slavery was still a legal institution you know nike would be all up in that motherfucker with regional yep. annual conferences and everything slave conventions wow and check this out dude I, I just came up with this one nobody knows where this where the nike saying just do it came from but if you pull back the picture <laughs> but if, if you pull back the if you pull back the picture a little bit, you can see somebody working oh, away in a slave shop with somebody holding terrible. a gun to their head. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. But, sir, my fingernails are bleeding. Just do Just it. Do it. <laughs> That's horrible. Who made that joke? It's so true. That's and it's just and they're and they're five years old, right? Just do it. Wow. I need a cartoonist to help me do a cartoon. Oh, yeah. I might animate that for you. Um. In prison in India right now, the largest number of prisoners accounting for approximately 220,000. That's super low for a country with its population. Jesus, super low. Super low. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I didn't remember seeing them in the top three or four. Right? Right. They're doing something right. See, why aren't we looking at countries like, well, because, you know, because we don't want to do good, right? All we'd have Mm -hmm. to do is look at how other people are doing shit. So we don't Mm want to do good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're so good at we're so good at doing the wrong thing. So good at it, Dave. Like, who is better? Maybe the UK, maybe yeah. Russia. You China's getting up there, but as far as the tricks of the trade of pimping a population, well, Nazi Germany, okay. But besides those, bro, the US I think has the most sophisticated apparatus to turn a people against each other, against themselves. And we've seen it. Oh, like, yeah. of course, Nazi oh, yeah. Germany insti- instituted, if you see something, say something, the gold yep. stars and the... the but idea. we learned from that. Oh, right? we learned so good. We, uh, the fluoride in the water, we were like, that is a good idea. <laughs> now that uh, I can get with. <laughs> so, yeah. I man, lucked out and I live in a city where they don't fluoridate the water because I, you know, I checked. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to look for a place here. Well, that's <laughs> why we uh, use chemtrails to get you from above. Yeah. Well, we we exactly. have that covered, sir. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. But for those, those that know. For those know. that know. Let's go. Morris Taino. <laughs> you know what the main thing is? Is uh, What's the main miseducation. Thing? You know, like a lot of these things that was done here in America was done through the education system. Yes. And since people have been taught 
some of these things out there all their lives. Mm-hmm. It's when 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 you show them evidence that tells otherwise, sometimes it's hard for them right. to, you know, accept it. Right. Right. Number five. Yep. We want education for our people that exposes the true na- the true nature of this decadent American society. We want education that teaches our true history and our role in present day society. We believe in an education system that will give to our people a knowledge of self. If a man does not have knowledge of himself and his position in society and the world, he has little chance to relate to anything else. That's number five on the Black Panther 10 point program. And honestly, it was great to see this articulated in such detail because this is what we needed. People were asking for this back then because you remember in the 90s, that was that new African kind of real refinding the ancient geological information because well i mean once people access that you know because it's hard to explain if you weren't alive in the 90s but there's this explosion of black people in america renaming their children african names wearing daishikis afros like these resurgences happen every once in a while and they were asking for this information back then, and we're talking about pre-colonial, pre-slavery African history as far as the kingdoms, the contributions to astrology, science, mathematics, and um, all the disciplines that were in part plagiarized by a lot of Greek early uh, philosophers and mathematicians who did not admit that they got those, well, who they did admit that they got those from ancient mystery schools in Africa and Egypt, but it then became hidden by history because a lot right. of these guys like Herodotus, they, they tell you what schools they went to. So you can't blame them, but definitely. Uh, right. A lot and of then we morph, we morph that history into they created it. No, they learned, right. they built on a history. They learned in rich libraries that had gone back thousands of years. Thousands of years. Great point. Great point. So, yeah, I just wanted to shout out that he's absolutely right about that, that education is number one. And imagine 2020, it couldn't happen if poor and working class blacks and whites had the full story of how the government and the gentry class or the elite class of American society are are just not even American society because we see J.P. Morgan and a lot of these rich guys, these these are bloodlines coming from the oligarchy and from Europe and, I mean, from uh, Britain and Germany, you know? Um, This is where a lot of our our, um, fathers of American industry got their money is from their grandfathers who were rich back in their homelands. So when you talk about these vested interests who wanted to keep white indentured servants and black slaves poor and apart doing their bidding, there's a long history... um, like Dave said a couple of times on this talk, he's, I, never, I never learned about that until just a year ago. There's a lot of things I didn't learn about in school at all. These are things you have to research yourself as an adult. So I think, yeah, that we never really got that number five point, which is a true education uh, yeah. for our people. You know, geez, what's, mm, wow. you know what's interesting is like all through school, I thought, oh, man, I hate history, like American history. Because mm. of the way it's taught. It's taught to memorize the Battle of Wounded Knee. Right. You know, it, it was at this place on this time. But you don't ever learn why. You don't ever right. learn the story. Mm. You just learn date and time, date and time, mm. date and time. So it was so fucking boring. I didn't give a fuck. So I never did good at it. But now, <laughs> now I'm absolutely fascinated. Because you can learn shit, real shit on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
YouTube and then like even right now on my on my desktop I just have um, dozens upon dozens of tabs open because what I really love about the structure and this is what I love being about a critical or individual thinker and uh, shout out to everybody on the platform and around the world who is especially in 2020 when the narrative has been used so effectively to confuse and turn people against each other and, and straight reality um, just having those tabs open you read something about the German Coast Uprising, right? And then it says in Louisiana in the year 18 something something, and then you click that, and then you open another tab and you read all about the precursor. And then you see this really interesting person. So you click their name yeah. and you read all about them and their history, and then you jump to a time of what inspired their father. It's just having the web, literally a web of information for you just to dive and learn everything you can in as many angles as you can, makes me so happy having the internet because it's getting more censored. But even anybody yep. with skills of looking up information, man, just tabs and tabs of, I want to learn about this. And just, you spend hours and it's, you don't feel like you waste your time because when you have conversations with, you know, other like-minded people or even people who need to know the facts, it's like, it comes in handy because if we ever get the blessing as a generation to do something like the generation of the Panthers did, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to use all this knowledge. So. Exactly. And you got it at your fingertips. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Vader, what's up, man? What's up? Shout out to Spawn. Shout out to Peter. Shout out to Devil. What's going on, shout Spawn? Spawn Shiggity Vader. in the house. Right. Shout out to all y'all. Let's go. We got King Roshi in the billion. Somebody honestly and wholeheartedly tell me what has BLM actually done for us? And I'm not talking about the uh, protesters. I'm talking about the actual organization itself. Like, what, what have they done? And I'm not trying to be condescending either. I truly want to know what has BLM done for uh, the black community. Because I haven't really heard nothing or seen anything about it. You condescending young little buck. Let me tell you something. Well, you, done you know, that's, but that's the problem. Like, we were talking about in, organizations can be, it can be infiltrated and can be corrupted, right? So yeah. it's not really about the organization. It's about the movement, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he said, what is a tangible outcome that black people have gotten from BLM? And I know Jay Morrison, I think Jay Morrison says she, um, or was it black? It was black Phoenix, um, says that she organizes, maybe she can answer that. Um, and yeah. honestly I could say, all right, like we know that the founders bought themselves a little mansion or whatnot. My first thing to that is, okay, if your son is killed at a job or somewhere, you sue the job, you might get yourself some money, a car, you pay for medical expenses and maybe get a house or something. So for women who suffered an injustice and they got a house, I'm not mad at that, right? Okay, you won. But are you saying they're mismanaging those funds and this and that? Sure. And just like uh, Dave said, that could have to do with the movement. But I mean, the, the organization, because those are the founders of the organization. That's money uh, attributed to the organization that they spend. But when you talk about the movement, no matter what they do, they can never change the truth to the fact that in the history of America, black lives have been viewed as uh, second rate, subhuman, sub circumstantial, subservient or lesser or inferior and has been treated such by medical institutions, police or um, a result to violence from organizations. So like, that's a fact. And these are people who feel a certain way about it. That doesn't have any, that's the movement, like Dave was saying. That's actually the spirit and the ideology and the people that moves them. But the organization can be two different things. 
What have what has yeah. people uh, black people got from the organization? Um, a lot of numbers, like I guess because the organization was on national TV and it was with that that narrative, you get a lot of people, and a lot of times white people are people who are not in the black community. You get those numbers of people's attention to come in, which may be good and is good sometimes, but can also be bad. You get got like some Ellen people, fans, huh? You got some Ellen fans. You get Ellen fans, right? And and you get the and you get K-pop, K-pop from uh, Korea. They were like, "Yeah, we stand with the Black Lives." You get a bunch of fucking black squares on Instagram. Apparently, you get a bunch of hashtag We support the black communities uh, uh, taglines. Okay, a lot of virtue signaling. What else do you get? You get people in Germany marching. You know, there was a march in Germany and all over the world for in solidarity with black folks. Um, stuff yeah, like that, real. I guess, like, it's not really tangible. Oh, what about the, the, you can't, is it the George Floyd Act? You can't, officers can't kneel on their back or something. On the neck anywhere, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a couple That's laws that now. you get. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think we got some unity. I think, I think people from the Occupy movement came out and joined, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that had been sitting around pissed off for <laughs> Almost 10 years, yeah, you know? 10 years, man. Uh, so yeah, now, so yeah, and and again, if if you were to, if you King Roshi, if we was back in the sixties, you feel me? And we just did the march on Selma in Selma Montgomery, right? And you came to me and you said, "Yeah, that was fun," and we came out there. It was deep, but what did we really get out of it? And I guess back then the answers might have been similar or maybe a little different. Than like we got hella news coverage. Uh, oh, did you see what's his name? Reverend George, someone from Louisiana shouted us out or we were in the paper. Um, <clears throat> and then you could say maybe it led up to the the um, the Roe v. Wade. Let's say that it led up to something like that. Like you get little political victories. So I think that's what you'll always get is like little political victories and then like coverage, good or bad coverage. But yep. has a revolution ever worked where we just really solved the issue and we're free? Maybe Haiti, but Haiti still suffered because it got shunned and ostracized by the world. Because even though it won its freedom from the colonial powers, um, they had to pay a debt for their own freedom to the governments, and it crippled them financially. The U.S. wouldn't recognize them um, because they, they were, were afraid. Still fucking with them. Yeah, yeah, because we still we had slaves. So how could we say, "Yay, Haiti, mm-hmm. you fought for your freedom," when we got slaves? We'll be some hypocrites. So America was like, hey, right. man, we, we ain't go, we can't say nothing about you. But yeah, so Haiti is, I guess, the closest yeah. example. But we've had sanctions on Haiti for decades because oh, yeah. we don't want them to do well because that wouldn't look good for us, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, but all of the world, all of the uh, the European power uh, powers of that time in the uh, early 1700s, mid, I mean, the late 1700s, oh, yeah. early 1800s, uh, yeah. Um, they all had the same policy because it they couldn't totally. risk inciting. It would That's fuck up their a, whole game. Exactly, their whole game. So fuck up their whole game and the whole narrative of oh these these less than people, right? Yeah, you know if they got a thriving society and community. Oh my god, and, and country over there. That imagine? whole narrative goes in the garbage can. Exactly, and Can't abolitionist happen, movements right? all over the world are going to spring up, and we might have some black nations just popping off. Oh hell right. no! Haiti must have fail. That. Haiti must can't fail. have that because they live where the resources are. 
Yeah, and it feels so bad that every time they <laughs> start to build themselves back up, they get knocked down again, whether it's an earthquake or um, a political assassination or something. It's like Haiti can't catch no break. And um, no. it's literally it's yeah. literally like the dream of slaves. You know, to, they beat the French and the, uh, the so-called ally forces of those times. Unprecedented. Yeah. Unprecedented. Dope. Exactly. It's a victory for every underdog everywhere, you know? Every underdog, man. For real. You real on that. All right, we got Jay Morrison in the bill I in. The libraries that you're talking about are in Timbuktu, Africa. Mm-hmm. And it started out being, um, I just watched a documentary on it, but um, the uh, Muslim uh, Muslims that come in and um, actually taking them over. And um, yeah, those are the ancient libraries where they say really like calculus and all these physics and astrology started. And that's where it first started. And then, of course, the Christian Christians took over the Muslims. So, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you <laughs> see where it's going, right? Uh, said, hey, you see where it's going. She absolutely right. Timbuktu and Carthage early, uh, those are sub-Saharan African kingdoms who had these libraries. And, and then, of course, a lot of them were collected and brought up to Alexandria, Egypt's famous library. But you're right that by that time, it went from ownership by like the Kushites and the Nubians to then after the Assyrian invasion in, in 646 BC, then it was um, primarily Arabic and Muslim um, housed, including in Alexandria, Egypt. But we know that's when the Greeks got involved. And then later, you know, a couple decades later, that place is burned down after all of these ancient books and from Hebrew to Aramaic to freaking um, Phoenician, all of these languages are, you know, all these books are burned after they're converted to Greeks. So now the Greeks, the Vatican, Rome, now they have the only copies of stuff that was so ancient. And then to make it worse in the time of Caesar, they, uh, no, 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 no. Um, Nero burned the, the Roman library and we even lost a lot of the Greek translations. So, yeah, a lot of that ancient history, man, is so important and contains so much um, history. But it's wow. Right. I'm saying, bro, fiction is indeed a reality stranger than fiction. But it's like all those Indiana Jones movies and stories and the Ark of the Covenant. All this stuff is real. And Hollywood tricked us that all of it's fake. And that Hollywood has these original stories. Like, bro. Y'all straight hijack right. the truth. That's crazy. And exactly. I mean, the Knights Templar snuck the the Ark of the Covenant out mm. of the Temple Mount in 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 Israel. This is all like documented. Mm. Oh, so they've been had it before like, it was before Israel was going to be sacked. They oh, got it out yeah, of there so they could protect right. it. I heard about that and. People wonder, people always say, like, what is in the secret vaults or the libraries of the Vatican that the public can't access? Because we know that the part, right. I've seen the part you can access, you know, uh, you know, uh, shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of, of filing cabinets. And it has like crazy materials. And then there's other. But anyway, even some of these super rich, like we talked about the top one percent, the top one percent, these super rich billionaires have these private collections upstairs in their mansion of like. Um, statues from certain tribes or place things from ancient Egypt that is technically illegal to have or the Smithsonian would buy it. Um, right. And these guys are selling on black markets. So there's 
so much stuff that you think may not oh like the holy grail or king arthur's sword or something you'll be surprised you know it's somewhere it is somewhere and the knights oh, yeah. were all about that they would grab all that treasure <laughs> yeah well fuck uh, what was that the um skull and bones club at yale they mm. have geronimo's bones oh yeah huh and jacob borrows a uh, hands that and daddy grandfather bush stole um oh no that's fidel castro the bones i was just talking about what was that dude's name oh what yeah grandfather bush i think was the guy that stole them. Oh, not daddy bones. bush but daddy bush's daddy oh prescott Pres- bush. prescott bush yes <laughs> you got it you've got to be a prick to be named prescott right? i'm prescott hey dude Hello. was one Pre- of Prescott that's a powerful family that's a powerful family in, in the united states yeah. and did you know and they're like blood related since we're talking about the templars the bushes are blood related to i think the um one of the crus- the uh leader of the crusade the third crusade and is and they're also related to vlad the impaler and this is something this isn't uh conspiracy theory stuff they're also related to dick cheney um mm-hmm that it, Hillary that, Clinton that was is related on, to the Queen of England. Yeah, that was actually on Fox News. Like I said, that's not even a secret. Like they showed those guys' right. family lines. I was like, oh wow. That's an that's another thing. They joke around and talk about, oh yeah, the 13 families. Well, it might not be 13, probably is because it's a powerful number. But you know, they joke about it, but but there are bloodlines. And if you don't, if you're not in that, if you're not in the club, you're only gonna make it so far. Well, the f- true fact is that we already and it's kind of a, a known well-known phenomenon but over 70 something i think 80 close to 80 percent of the presidents we've ever had have been related in some way shape or form to each other and that's just crazy if you really think about it because that is royalty that is secret families and then you yeah. can look at them and you wouldn't even know like for example like we just mentioned dick cheney is related to george bush but dick cheney is also a seventh removed cousin from barack obama so not even Barack Obama, who's a complete different, right. so-called a different race on the outside, he still he still doesn't break the rule. You're like, holy right. shit, bro, you guys right. are serious. Isn't that crazy? Oh, and then man. and then a good percentage of them are Masons too, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's been back from the day, like they've got people like George Washington doing the Freemason salute in his little paintings. You got people like they're painted as doing the little, you know, three the little fingers tucked inside finger thing yeah. yeah yeah so uh yeah you're absolutely right about that um but what i think is interesting because when we talk about the black panthers um just to get back on topic before we wrap it up is we talk about um the very number one on their 10 point program says we want freedom not to be confused with me we want the power to determine listen to this so important we want the power to determine the destiny of our community And we see that this is exactly why the FBI said that they were the greatest threat, because we talked about it earlier, the Mm self-determination to control the destiny of their own people and not be reliant on government funds, government programs, government institutions. We want we we believe that black people will not be free until we are able to determine our destiny. And that is is something that you want to say affirmative action. Um, welfare, um, um, any kind of social civil rights uh, legislation, or even represent representations like a black president or a black mayor, 
None of that, which is trinkets and tokens that can be given by this government, none of that is the number one thing they ever were fighting for, which is the power to determine their own destiny in the community. And this isn't a group that is asking the government for that. This is a group that right out the bat, like we said, again, the 10 point program, free breakfast, health clinics, the newspaper, the jobs, the legal defense, the liberation schools, yeah. all of these things, these they're doing it themselves. They're not asking for help. And what did the FBI and the CIA do? Fucking ran they're them on the ground. And assassinated. They're not asking for a handout. They're asking to be left alone. Left alone, my man. And what did we do? I hate saying we. I'm not going to say no we. Man. Man. Assassinated. Put these. Methodically. Locked every single one up. Either locked them or killed them. Or scared them into hiding. Yep. And shut shut down every chapter. And just, you're right. And most of them. Earth first. And Earth First did the same thing, right? Earth First was like a militant environmental group. Mm. They went after them at the same time. Yeah. I don't know if everybody remembers this. Judy Berry, they, they put a pipe bomb under her seat. It blew up, and then they arrested her for transporting a bomb. Wow. And, and, and you know, if they killed her, they, it would have been a whole different story. Like, yeah. they had a cover story for each one. Oh, it wasn't her bomb, totally. but we can pin it on somebody else to discredit. Yeah, because you, you know, know if you're because you know if you're transporting a bomb, you're gonna put it right under your own seat. Under right? your seat, live. Yeah, that's of crazy. Course. Live, that's where you put it. <laughs> yeah, don't use the trunk. Don't use the trunk. Right, but the the reason I wanted to bring that up real quick is the last thing I wanted to say is about representative politics, right? Like, and it's yeah. unfortunate because I know that representative media in general, like when you see Spider Man, um. And, and, and this is a great example, like a lot of um, white people, uh, people who identify as white are seeing like their favorite superheroes or franchises be diversified and, and, and having all these colored actors in them. Oh, I said colored. And I think they're feeling attacked by that. This is at the same time where they're being charged for January 6th and or feel like the white conservative a uh, heterosexual male um, perspective is heavily like bashed on today. Again, I say, look at the history we've been talking about. It. Black people have been going for the years. This is your first time. Like, get over it. But this, yeah. <laughs> on a different on a different scale, I see like, oh man, I lo- oh no, representative politics. So I say all that to say that like when you talk about Obama becoming president, or you say a black mayor, or you say a black Spider Man, I think. These are all still ways, just like um, the things I mentioned before, substitutes for giving Black people actual self-determination and resources to bring themselves out of that. All of that representative politics, I know it feels good, but it's not a substitute for that. You know what I mean? So I think we need to be less concerned with um, Black representation, especially now that we have Obama, and just really go for things like um circulating the black dollar of course black business and black social programs just like the panther and having a political stance that really takes black people off of the democratic coattails because i do not think it's fair for black conservatives to say look at um y'all getting pimped by the democrats because we are and we have been but you can't then say come to the republicans which is the party of the of the um segregationists who used to be democrat democrats and dixiecrats back in the civil rights days i mean the civil war days 
you want us to yeah. jump out of the frightened pan, frying pan right now? No, we need to do what the Panthers were talking about, and other Pan Africans, and talk about building a strong, <clears throat> self-sustained movement and self-determination movement. And the government has shown us that's what it's most scared of. So that's what I'll say in my yeah. conclusion, um, just to bring us up to date, is like representative politics and being a part of the system. And I say all that to say that Bobby Seale, when they called in the Panthers to Oakland, he then ran for mayor and Elaine Brown ran for city councilwoman. And this was them just like Jesse Jackson um, settling for representative politics after King was assassinated or Bobby Seale dedicating all the rest of the Panthers resources to then running as a part of the system that he said had to go for people to ultimately be free, you know? So mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll just end with that, man. I really appreciate y'all for listening. Dave, what you got on that? I think you buttoned it, man. I think that's beautiful. And I think, you know, it's just, it's been a long history of oppression. It hasn't stopped. It won't stop. Don't buy into division tactics. It's the oldest trick in the book is divide and conquer. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care what anybody does, if they want to marry, who they marry, what bathroom they use. You know, love is better than not love. So if you love somebody, that's awesome. I don't care any more details than that. And uh, mm-hmm. I really think we all want the same things deep down inside. And mm-hmm. but if, you know, the government is most scared of an educated, united populace. Mm, period. Yeah. Sort of repeatedly throughout history. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, real quick, shout out to Diane Nash to EMC. Um, What's up, yeah, girl? yeah. Shout out to Spawn the Joker, Black Phoenix, Queen Killing. You feel me? Shout out to Coco Lexi. Shout out to Baba Zen. Shout out to Jay Morrison and King Roshi and everybody else who came through and dropped some messages. Shout out to Fanny Lou Hammer, Diane Nash, Sigourney Truth, and all of the other women, Ella Baker, who made the Black Panthers and the Civil Rights. Uh, leaders always have something to fall back on and always be the bread and butter behind the organizing and media strategy at times their sisters definitely don't get enough credit shout out to everybody who's dedicated their life to people who can't really fight or speak for themselves in your community if you do anything for your community shout out to you because you're carrying on that kind of legacy of people uh, self-determination taking care and showing radical love to your own people in your local community and um and that's a beautiful thing that doesn't have to be formalized. Just appreciate y'all for doing that. And shout out where the rubber meets the road from the places you're in. Shout out to Dave for letting me do this talk with y'all. Really appreciate y'all for following me. I'll follow you back. We got two in the chamber. Now let you go ahead and close out the show, Dave. Let's do it. Exactly oh. what you said. I, I understand um, a lot of people's criticism of the Black Lives Matter movement and how they don't feel like there's tangible um, there have been tangible results, but like you said, mm. news coverage, like small victories that will eventually, hopefully, in the movement, not the organization, in the movement, add up to a larger victory for all of us, um, mm. black, brown, white, and everybody in between. Mm. Go off, goddess. Love it. Thank you Love all it. so much for this talk. The bottom line that the Black Panthers wanted was self-sustainability, mm. something that the government does not want for anybody in any country because if that's the case what is the need for you know mercantilism with them you mm. know between countries if people are doing it between themselves mm. mm-hmm. 
self-determination, sustainability. Ooh, mm-hmm. can't have that. Mm-hmm. Can't have that. And she's right that James Baldwin and other leaders spoke in international forums and really put America to shame because how are you, America, trying to join forces with North Vietnam to suppress the self-determination of the South Vietnamese people when you are oppressing and treating your own Black people this way? I remember when Gerald, the U.S. had to change their idea because um, not giving in to civil rights would have made them lose respect and position in the United Nations type court because you're a hypocrite and, and you have right. war crimes and injustices that you're ignoring. So why would we give you mm-hmm. any jurisdiction to impose your world police around the world? So it had to make itself look <laughs> as if it was going to be the moral righteous one that America claims to be. So that was yeah. brilliant. That's another brilliant strategy by them. Like a faux reform, right? Fake, re- like a fake reform mm. that enabled them to to continue similar policies and to you know avenues right. of oppression, and and to also could carry that out throughout the world, because we are the ultimate hypocrite. You know, we toot this horn of the land of the free, home of the brave. Well, if you're a white landowning male for the for a long time, you had to be mm. a white landowning male to have mm-hmm. any rights here. Hmm. Hmm. Great point. Right. Great so point. this country was founded by a bunch of rich white dudes and, you know, and that group has always stayed in power and passed laws to benefit that little tight knit group. Great point. It's crazy. Absolutely. And and we've seen the collateral damage is totally acceptable. You know, if you have to throw white people, Mexican people, immigrants in general, Jewish people, whoever you need to throw under the bus to keep them um, um, an underclass of people fighting like crabs in a barrel so that they're too busy not to mess with you, the ruling class, then like we've seen it, we've seen it with the oligarchy in Europe before it came to the US. We've seen it in ancient Egypt and Babylonia. We've seen it forever. This is just a primary struggle of humanity. And I think Black Panthers will forever and that Panther symbol will forever go down as a, as a protagonist in the story, the struggle in mankind's soul against balancing force and love and creativity with you will not tread on me. It's just it's the next great American movement. I don't think in retrospect, you'll be able to talk about the spirit of American forefathers without some year, 100 years in the future, considering some of the Panthers, American forefathers of a certain era. Because I mean, and four mothers, because it's amazing. Absolutely. And I like what you said. I, I think the, the symbol of the Black Panther and the symbol of Che Guevara's fist, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are those are worldwide timeless oh, yeah. symbols mm-hmm. of you know, freedom over oppression, freedom from oppression. Yes. And there's so much intersectionality wherever there's injustice. We see no matter what regionality, like even the Uyghurs out there in the Chinese um, territory, it's like people call back to these symbols of, so it's like they all build on each other, you know, and it's, that's some some amazing shit. It's like, this is really the the soul of mankind, of humankind. That's crazy. We the people. Great talk, man. It is all power to all people. Everybody in the audience, power to the people, and power to you, to you, Playboy. Also, you just came in. Power to the people. We appreciate y'all listening. That's right. Power to all people. All, all power people, to all people. All the time. All right, y'all. So hope you great folks dug you. this. Yeah, hope you folks dug this. We're gonna do a. We're gonna do a couple few. Uh, somebody asked that we do a couple more of these. So <laughs> I'm. I'm going to oblige and uh, I'm into it. And uh, yeah, look, so hopefully you guys will tune in next time. I'll try to post to put some stuff on Instagram, give everybody a heads up.
Mm-hmm. If you're not following, uh, if you're not following both uh, Freedom and myself, please do, and uh, we'll follow you back. Absolutely. And real quick, Dave uh, linked the um, Black Panthers Vanguard of the Revolution up there. If you have a chance, watch it. Also, if you can find the uh, original PBS series, um, I think uh, Eyes on the Prize, both one and two. It is so crucial. And I think and I show this I want to show this um, to my students this month to show them the whole history of American uh, just I don't want to say too much, but watch those two documentaries. See if you can show them or watch them around kids. It does a great job of catching people up. Appreciate y'all. Shout outs to y'all. Y'all have a good rest of y'all evening. Indeed. Much love, everybody. Peace. Peace, freedom. Peace out, man. Peace, Dave. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is a five-part series, so if you haven't checked out the other parts, do check them out. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share the podcast with friends and on social media. Thank you very much.